Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the after party where our skin will neither poison you nor shed off in a frightening sort of image. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome. I mean, I forgot to put on moisturizer today, so uh, we'll see where it gets us. Yes. At least it's not poisonous. We're like pretty sure your skin's not poisonous, Brandon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm aware, but eh. yeah. Yeah. And everyone knows that I'm used in biology labs where you can just kind of like look in my organs, like that one cow with the hole in it that you can like put your whole face in. Eric, hey Eric, what? Hey Eric, what? <laughs> oh, do you not know about this? Hey Eric, huh? Oh, there's like a cow. I, this is like so nasty for the beginning of oh, the, the why episode. Is this do we do we want to go there then? There's a basically there's a medically induced hole in a cow, and the cow is fine, but it means you can like look into its body. The cow is fine. So, so I, I can like provide more. De- Brandon, you don't. Yeah, it's like a glass. Yes, I can provide more details. I'm choosing not to Thank because you. we're a minute Thank into you. this episode. People can Google it if they need to know. That's I, true. Yes, I know. There's an official word for it. I'm not going to use. It, but I'll tell it to you off of the podcast. It's glass bottom boat cow. It's, gu- yes. it's gl- glass, glass bottom, bottom cow. cows. They make the rock and world go round. My rough. fucking exactly. favorite Queen song is glass bottom cows. Thank you. Me Eric. too. I actually really appreciate the energy Adam Lambert brings to the role because oh like nobody's ever going to be Freddie Mercury. Yeah. But something about Adam Lambert gets at like the spirit of the original. Yeah, it's the vibe. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's really. It says something. It's like it's a real stake in the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh, that stomach's over there. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's three more. That's how cows work. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we have some uh, some late breaking after party content. Eric, could you um a, a parody song came to a Discord user in a dream? Oh, that's right. Last night, I and I just I think it's worth bringing up. Can we sing in a round? No, no, <laughs> no, no yeah. That will be a nightmare for me to edit. Right? <laughs> we won't do that. All right. So this is this is to the tune of "Let It Be." This is from Vidalia Rose on the. Join the party discord. When I find myself in bones of rubble, Dr. Bones, she comes to me speaking words of wisdom. Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> and this came fully baked to Vitalia in a dream. I was wondering what how to pronounce the pistons part because I was like... Pistons. 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 <laughs> I'm sure it is, but I'm, I like the idea that they cut it out of... No, that's better. Yeah, yeah, it's sample. Listen, man, this is the 21st century. It's all samples. Amanda didn't get any royalties. No. It's unfortunate. Sorry, Amanda. Me and Paul McCartney are both deep faked in that parody. <laughs> you know, if you play that song backwards, it says Amanda is dead and doing okay. <laughs> oh, no. A dead Amanda and is doing dead okay. and doing okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. Well, folks, we have three action-packed episodes of my favorite monster of the week show join the party campaign um to talk about here today starting with the stolen one and two episodes four and five can we just talk real quick about how eric is doing some the best work of his career on these titles and descriptions episode descriptions yes oh my gosh yeah (laughs) so good i love them so good I appreciate it i really like doing the the stuff the whole thing here and to get immediately heady about game design immediately in the after party. Woo! Woo! Shout out to the evil hat in the sky. It's got a hole um, in it. That, like, Dungeons and Dragons is supposed to be, like, an epic fantasy story. You know, it's like, I swing my axe and I kill the thing and I cast magic. Well, Monster of the Week and other Powered by the Apocalypse games really are aping other types of media to give you exactly the thing that you are supposed to do. 
Like, every single thing that you do in a Powered by the Apocalypse game is supposed to, like, lead you towards being a part of the type of media that this game is inspired by, right? So Monster of the Week is a Monster of the Week television show. It is X-Files. It is Gravity Falls. It is Supernatural. So, like, the titling is fucking stupid, and I get to do it. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to put a the in the beginning of everyone. My favorite titling structure is definitely the one for Scrubs, where every single episode is my blank, and it changes over time. Like, when they do an episode that focuses on Turk, it's, like, his story mm-hmm. or something else. And, of course, I love the one from Community, where it's all supposed to be classes until it all deeply falls apart. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, giving yourself a structure like that is fun. So it's, like, oh, I need to make these are the titles that you only learn by, like, reading them off a DVD you bought from Best Buy mm-hmm. in 1997. Yes, Eric, get out of my fucking uh, 17-year-old self with scrubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Because you wouldn't have known the titles until it got put on streaming and someone like put that metadata in there. It was like a secret between the showrunner and the network, I guess. It's the like writers a... and yeah. Yeah, or if you were like that weirdo that was reading the TV guide every week. Yeah. Exactly. Julia, was that you? No. Okay. In a, in in middle and high school, Julia and I would kind of trade off either box sets of house. I think That's we true. started getting it from the blockbuster and then like one of us got season one and one of us got season two, something yeah. like that. And I definitely have that memory as well of just reading the back and being like, oh, that's what that episode is called. Like, oh, that that's why. Sense. Yeah, that makes sense. God, that is the funniest and cutest like, <laughs> like friendship. Friendship. <laughs> just exchanging house DVDs. That's us. I think I still have some of them. Like they're still, I still in my. I think my... I have seasons four, five, and six. I think is what I have, and okay. I think you had one to three. <laughs> I I have to check, but I think that's right. I also want to say Amanda gave me the idea for doing the episode descriptions, saying that we should do the rules. Oh, which is which is fun. That's I, the most uh, really carry like and bullshit I've ever heard. Yeah, baby. By the end of the season, we'll have uh, you know, fifteen to twenty rules. And we'll that's, have plenty of rules. That's the rules you need to live your life that's by. True. Yeah. I I also like. I've been grouping the rules together when the split episodes which has been fun like the ones for the swimming it was like 14 and 14 b so <laughs> grouping, grouping those together has been fun as well so i'm in i've been enjoying my time love that speaking of another kind of procedural some of the questions we got around episodes four and five are to do with courtroom kids uh <laughs> would like to know what's going on with all these kids watching law and order and maureen our bookie from the night of mirrors um <laughs> betting pool in campaign two said i was definitely watching jag uh, with my family as early as like first or second grade so i 100 percent would be running a courtroom like these kids did I mean, when you're stuck inside because it's too hot out during the summer and they play Law and Order during the day at like 12 o'clock, don't pretend like you guys didn't watch episodes of that when you were like 12. I yep. did not because... Um, Brandon, why? Well, I don't know actually why I didn't. I was going to say I didn't have cable, but I don't know if it was on cable. Was it on cable? I feel like the reruns were definitely on like TNT. Yeah, so, which was right? cable, I think. Yeah, that was cable. Yeah, so maybe that's why. Brandon wasn't allowed in the house. Brandon was responsible for keeping the fan going for the entire house. <laughs> so that's why he wasn't allowed in. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Eric, where'd you get the idea to have these kids run a little courtroom scene? It was adorable. Uh, it was, I don't know. I like playing the campers, man. I, I We like it you when ever... you play the campers. <laughs> that's true. Do you ever remember when you were a kid and like you had to try to adjudicate some sort of like, 
quote-unquote crime when it was more like instead of like fighting it was like when someone stole something from someone else or maybe there was a fight and you were trying to figure it out and then somehow it shook out to being like a quasi courtroom like someone representing someone else and being like objection and having like testimony there's like a there's a thing where it's like oh the law system of the united states is the way you deal with things and that's how we're going to deal with it so i like the idea of all of them being like doing a kangaroo court to accuse Zev immediately because obviously that's the only thing that could be. So they have to use like their law and order, the small amount of law and order experience to like throw it at them. I was an only child who avoided conflict. So that's not a universal experience for me, but I get it. (laughs) I saw people do that. Well, much like Carrie Ann, I was a child saying, obviously Bailey did this and not Austin, or obviously Austin incited this incident and Bailey just responded. And my parents were like, S- just stop. Right, so exactly. I, I was a court of one, and I thought my judgment was the thing that was right. <laughs> and now I am playing all that for all of you in Carrie <laughs> Now, I might just be a Southern lawyer, but I do declare that Bailey was the one who pushed Austin. Exactly. But poor sweet Zev is being scapegoated for the crimes that are happening against this cabin. Oh, I love him so much. Scape wolfed. Scape werewolf. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That works. What? I'm into okay. it. Keep going. Can we get can we get a few more? Uh, wolf no, goat. those are the only two options. I'm sorry. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I do like wolf goat. Wolf goat was good. Just saying. There is a thing in Monster of the Week where you try to split up your party intentionally to like have them there be tension between them of like things they find out, things that aren't happening. Was that? Um, fun for you too? <laughs> was that fun for all three of you? How like the, you had to deal with the other CITs while Julia, you were getting revealed a big secret to you mm-hmm. at the, in the woods. I felt really good about it. I actually felt guilty listening back to these episodes being like, oh my God, I hope Eric's okay that we split the party. Like I thought it was really fun and I love seeing Phoebe really take the lead with Zevier. And I thought your role playing in those scenes was so good, Julia. And Mm -hmm. seeing Phoebe really take charge and use her powers without, you know, Les or Gary on getting in the way. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I think that my decision to separate Zev didn't have anything to do with like in character, like, stuff like that where I was like oh I want to reveal powers or use my powers without anyone watching it was more I could tell by the conversation we were having already that having Zev there would not be productive when these children were trying to have a court case against him (laughs) so like by splitting the party in that sense I thought we would get more information out of both Zev where he wasn't like necessarily defending himself and people yelling at him and also those kids would have less of a target for Zeb. You know what I mean? Sure. And you fell right into my trap for having feelings. <laughs> I love feelings. I made you feel feelings. <laughs> I always in this game. when you make me feel feelings. <laughs> TJ wanted to know, Eric, can Zev transform at will or did he just time it really well when he showed Phoebe his werewolfiness? Oh, Ooh. good question. That is a fun thing about Monster of the Week in that when you use monsters that people know it is up to you as the keeper to decide like what's quote unquote real and what is hearsay so i touched on this when les was looking into the research about the the werewolf where it's like okay pure silver does hurt werewolves but like that shit about wolfsbane is something that the catholic church made up in the 13th century so I think that that's fun because a, a big thing about Monster of the Week is that you can't really defeat the big 
monsters that are part of your mystery until they figure out what the actual weaknesses are, Mm -hmm. which is always like a really fun thing for uh, you to figure out. I think the main thing that I was trying to deal with was also like balancing, well, a lot of different things can be happening right now. And the only reason we're thinking about werewolf is because there was a werewolf here. And like, is that true? What are we looking at? Because, you know, this is a mystery and we're trying to put these clues together. So like in my head, werewolves can turn whenever they want to. And the moon maybe makes it happen intentionally. So I thought that he was just, for dramatic effect, I thought that werewolves can just kind of do that. Yeah, all of a sudden, Phoebe was standing there. The, <laughs> the, the full moon, moon came was out. out. <laughs> yeah, Zev stepped backwards into a moonbeam and turned into a werewolf. And listen, Classic. if you were a teenage werewolf, wouldn't you have a lot of fun with the moon <laughs> and pranking people? <laughs> and, yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, joshing them like I totally would. Yeah, Constantly. I mean, like, they, they can do that in Teen Wolf, right? How Michael J. Fox can just turn into a werewolf at all times and play basketball. Sure, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so. definitely on the MTV's Teen Wolf show, which I am more familiar with. <laughs> That's fine. That's, Julia, that is truly the equivalent of Amanda's Star Trek being the movie version with Carl Urban in it. Hey, there's more JJ content. Yeah. That's true. That's, good point. That's so offensive to every fiber of my being. <laughs> and, it's, and to Michael J. Fox. It's fine. Also, has everyone considered, because I'm just a teenage werewolf, baby. Because I'm just a teen werewolf and life is a nightmare. Oh, that's a good one too, Brandon. <laughs> nice. This is a total aside. Does anyone remember the ABC Family Show, before it was Freeform, ABC yes. Family Show, called Big Wolf on Campus? I fucking no. do, Julia. I remember the title, you, Eric. Yeah. What? Yeah, it was just like a... a Boy in college becomes a werewolf and also has to deal with like frat life. It's I know. fascinating. Remember oh when things God. got greenlit that were just utterly Nonsense. ridiculous? <laughs> oh, you yeah. mean Greek that had like five seasons of absolutely <laughs> nothing? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. God, that that show was also great. Oh boy. Taruno824 would like to know, does Tater Tot know about Zev? If so, do they play together? Oh. I have to know. Oh, that's cute. Tell great, question. great question. Great question. I'm pretty sure Tater Tot knows, but Zev does not like Tater Tot knowing. It's a lot of like Tater Tot sniffing Zev's butt when Zev does not want that and being like, (laughs) Wow, hey, hey, dude, that fucking dog likes your ass. And he's like, oh, "Oh, okay. I I mean, that's not, you can bully me about that. I guess that's fine. It's covering my secret. So I I think that that works out too. Hilarious. Like if I had more time and if I was on Fox and they needed me to have a lighthearted episode, I would have put in that scene of Tater Tot sniffing uh, Zev's butt. Like at breakfast when he's in human form. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the best I can do. Nothing's going to stop you from doing that in the future. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's totally fine. Just keep saying things here that I'm going to use in the future. I mean, that's literally what happened to make a bunch of girls have a crush on Les. So just just keep saying stuff and I'm going to make it real. Well, when we get our our million dollar Kickstarter to start an animated series on Fox, Mm -hmm, that will be mm -hmm. the opening scene. Exactly. Or a post-credits, like, on Gravity Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so we need to kickstart it because Fox won't give us any money, but we have to air it on Fox? No, no, we show them that we have the demand Mm -hmm. to raise a million dollars, and then Amazon Prime Video says, do you want 10 million? And we say, I guess. Right, so then we have 11 million, and we did the kickstarter for no reason. And then our lives are worse. Yes. And... The uh-huh. series is canceled after it was fully produced and shelved because it will be so more a expensive weird situation to market we're describing? it. 
Amanda, yeah. but yeah. I feel like uh, it probably could happen to us specifically and no one else. So Batgirl movie reference. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, Eric explained to me last night for the first time. We're re- we're recording this the day that the Batgirl news came out. By the way, yeah, yeah. And and then we just stopped making join the party as a tax write off. <laughs> oh, geez. But no, I thought I I gotta. You're right. It's my fault for not putting Tater Tot in that scene. That one's on me. That's so cute. No, don't put Tater Tot near danger ever. No, no, no. Never near Zev's danger. Zev's not a danger. He's just a teen werewolf, no, Brandon. But Zev was also in danger a oh, lot of the time. Yeah. Okay. Zev was very in danger as Phoebe single-handedly, like the statue of the young girl outside the New York Stock Exchange, faced down <laughs> three men in a pickup truck and kind of electrified a fence. It was badass. Oh, um, so good. You, Eric, everybody, including Baby Puddle 13 and Tattooed and Tall and Yannicka, wants to know what the hell is up with these triplets and are they triplicate? <laughs> Hey, let's just let's just all come sit around the fire. Oh, sure. Triplets are hilarious. Yeah, they are. <laughs> come on, are. identical twins, triplets, and more are very funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You say that as a twin, so like, do, yeah, but do you like, think three well, is funnier than two inherently? I yes. do think three is funnier than two. I also That's think a comedy baby. <laughs> You're not identical too. I also yeah, identical twins and and siblings are very funny to me because my brother and I look absolutely nothing alike and we act nothing alike. Our personalities are so different that like the fact that two people are the same is really funny to me. <laughs> like, have you seen those Reddit posts that are like these two bro- identical twin brothers married these two identical twin sisters? Yes, and they and all now live their in- children are like siblings technically right yeah. and they all live in the same house and they're cousins and siblings at the same time i'm like that's fucking hilarious you weirdos you perverts <laughs> <laughs> okay okay by which by which eric means nature is bizarre oh i'm talking to mother nature you okay, fucking right. pervert mother, mother nature, nature is a pervert i've always said that Thank right you, can confirm yeah it's true like who it's makes- always mashing stuff together and being like what happens next and we're like stop <laughs> and everything's a fucking helix you fucking perv mother yeah. nature come on Come on. So, Eric, who are these Boudreaux? Where do they come from? And Tattooed and Tall specifically wants to know, can we please get an It's Truck O'Clock shirt in the merch store? Oh, my God. Fuck. The barbecue the barbecue joint was so funny. Because I remember I when I said it, I'm like, oh, Julia, what what, what do their shirts say? And you thought, I you really thought I was pranking you? Yeah, and I'm I like, like, no. I don't know, Eric. What do they say? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, what is it? I'm like, no, Julia, tell me what it is. And you coming up with the... With the was that a, a Smoky Bones reference? Yes. So oh, do you God. guys want to tell the story? Because I wasn't there for it. Mm-hmm. I'm only tangentially related to this story. Right, right. You're the occasion for this story, Julia. Thank That's you. That's right. So we attended Julia's lovely wedding at a historic maritime museum in eastern Long Island. And we stayed at a, you know, suburban like Hilton Garden Inn or something near the wedding venue. And much like, you know, many suburbs, you can't really walk anywhere. But luckily, there were a couple of restaurants right near the hotel, like sharing a parking lot with the hotel. So we all got there the day before the wedding. We're there, at, you know, like 4 p.m. for check-in. And then we think, great, okay, let's grab uh, dinner somewhere before we all hang out later tonight. Eric, you can take over from here. It's true. There was a Red Lobster, which we saved for lunch the next day. Mm-hmm. But next to it was a place called Smoky Bones. And the thing about Smoky Bones, the theme of the restaurant, it was like a barbecue smokehouse sort of place. It was, it was a chain. The theme was that they had rules 
that you had to follow to be a man or to, or to properly eat meat or something. The rule was the heteropatriarchy. Mm-hmm. It was. <laughs> it was like it was like Smokey Bones rule 110. Always get extra bacon on whatever. Yeah, like <laughs> rule 12. If you're going to get a martini, make it a double. Like stuff like that. It was very wow. odd. It's wow. like only real people eat meat only. <laughs> Carnivores yeah. only. Like sides, ve- vegetables, if you must. Like that was really the, the vibe. It was the theme like, of the restaurant. It was like a Cheesecake Factory if instead of like a chaotic Eye of Sauron, the theme was like your, you know, uncle who doesn't really believe in feminism. Like that <laughs> that really was the the vibe. The food was good. And it, it was, was good. It was, you know, it was a good, like it took a party of, you know, eight with no problem. Like all valuable things for us in that moment but we walked in and we're like uh what is uh, this what's happening <laughs> you can just see a dicks out for her rombo sign on the <laughs> yeah yeah in rule number 32 if your dick's not out while you're eating this porterhouse you're doing it wrong we're taking it away i don't love this energy but i know That's that it's the, the silky bones energy really just coming through us in this moment so what this was your inspiration eric for this barbecue joint no that was what julius that was what julius that is, said that is true i said that and then eric created the horrifying image of steven as a barbecue pit master that is so a ge- genuinely a great idea, and I would love to put an apron up in our merch store with Stephen on it. That just yeah, says Smoky Bones, cool. right? <laughs> it says Smoky Bones. One of you is going to forsake the other. <laughs> <laughs> Try the ribs. <laughs> Try the ribs. <laughs> Amazing. Well, one of you that. is going to forsake the other. Try the ribs. Try the ribs. <laughs> one of you is going to forsake the other ones. Try the ribs. It's very, it's very funny. Amazing. I just really love. The idea, because like a skeleton is not that weird of a barbecue. No, no. Right, of a barbecue mascot, right? So that's why I went there immediately. And I thought it, I, I wanted to start putting Steven in more places. Mm. That like the whole area is kind of just like infected with him in whatever way or whatever reason. So I thought that, that was funny that it was he was on their t-shirts, which I wasn't planning on because Julia just said that. And I'm like, oh, that's great. There is nothing scarier at summer camp, though, when when adults from not inside the summer camp show up. Mm-hmm. And, like, those guys would have freaked me out when I was a kid. They would freak like, me out as an adult right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, like, you so were somewhere aggressive. and then a bunch of guys in a truck with baseball bats pulled up, like, that would have freaked me out 100%. I stick to what I'm saying. If you are not in a baseball uniform going to a baseball game, do not carry a baseball bat. That's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> true facts. That's absolutely um, true. I was going to just real quickly say that Steven is an STI, a skeletal transmitted infection to this t- town. Great. Thank you. Thank Good. you. Thank you. Thank Good. you. Thank Good you. Job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Brandon, you, thank you. you joke, but it's it's really true that like the camp is mired in weirdness. Like the weirdness is not isolated to camp and the camp and the weirdness are both impacting the world around it. And I think that was a really, really like I, I hear you, Eric. And it was shocking for us too to be like, what do you mean something from outside of camp is breaching camp? Like that's that's not a thing we are used to even now in episode five, like it, mm-hmm. you know, or episode four. It was shocking and like you know, really made me feel like the stakes were heightening. Yeah. Thank you for validating my my pun, Amanda. I really appreciate it. <laughs> That's what true. teammates are here for, man. <laughs> Best friends. Yeah. Best friends. I would love to know from Brandon and Amanda, what were you... <laughs> So like, so like Phoebe was off running. It's like, uh oh, I have to go deal with Zev and make sure yeah. he doesn't get killed by adults. <laughs> and then you, t- that you two are just like, 
well, we got to figure out the mystery. Like, what were you thinking while it, while it was happening? And what did you, you had set up this entire, like, trap, which was so funny. What, <laughs> what were you two thinking when you were, you were trying to figure out what was going on with the metal and then with Conway's, bra- using Conway's bracelet as bait? Well, I was just having sort of like Vietnam War flashbacks to my adolescence in Texas where people would consistently drive pickup trucks and come at me quickly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, I'm not going over there. No, so, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I thought Julia could handle it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, bud. <laughs> yeah. And I I think it's almost like Carrie wasn't even worried about the truck because like camp's impenetrable. Like nothing could happen to camp. You know, right. the director would take care of it. Like it's it's fine. And this mystery felt like the kind of thing where, you know, like she says at the end of episode five, you know, I want to be able to say to the director, don't worry, we took care of it. And you were in bad standing with the with Exactly. The camp. Right. Yeah. And it, shit's going to get worse because I used the luck point and we'll see what, you know, consequences come Woo. down on my sect because of it. Um, but no, I, I was just focused on, yeah, like let's, there's something causing mischief, damaging camp property, you know, and harming campers. And if, you know, Phoebe has Zev in hand, then like, let's stop that from happening. So Carrie Ann confidently moves in the direction she thinks is best as usual mm-hmm, mm-hmm. brandon for less were you like oh fuck yeah dude i'm going to set up a monster trap and it's going to be tight and good because i remember you, you you two talked about what to do for a little while yeah and i'm just sitting there and i'm like this is good i just thought of another vocal warm-up it's carrie ann confidently complies to camp's Oh, what's a what's a C word for rules? Conditions. Conditions. There we go. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, I uh because we yeah, we talked a lot about how we wanted to do the thing, and I was like, Yeah, let's let's just sacrifice Conway. Yeah, uh, can, they can lose a hand, that's fine. But yeah, no, Les was very excited and I was very excited to do a monster a monster trap. Yeah. I was just singularly focused on catching a monster, I guess. It was very fun to collaborate with Jenny and Conway in that moment. Like we've been a little bit, you know, at odds with our fellow CITs. And I loved that. I love building out the mythos of our cabin and the judo hut um, as we did in in episode six. Like it was so much fun. Um, But specifically, you know, I thought that we would just bait whatever chaotic creature was doing this. Nowhere in my brain did I expect that Conway would be a Kelpie. So I mean, damn, uh, I love that. Everybody should buy the Cool Cryptic Compendium. Eric, I can't believe you put both an Alicanto and a Kelpie into the same episode. How dare. <laughs> Slash thank you. <laughs> I knew something was up with Conway, obviously. Like, just because of the way that they were being Greenish played. tinge. Doesn't but... talk. You know. Jenny what? Jenny made eye contact with both of you and said, do not let the bracelet come off. <laughs> Classic. Here's just a writer tip for all of you. That's called foreshadowing. <laughs> it was so much fun though. And we got to see less, you know, breakout of the sort of bounds of his body. It was that was awesome. And I I'm very shocked that the rebraceleting of Conway went off fairly successfully at the end. No limits. Michelle Spurgeon asked uh, for you and me, Julia, if we are having a problem not metagaming with our knowledge of cryptids. I did not see Ali Kanto <laughs> coming. When Conway was revealed, I was like, okay, that's going to be a sticky horse, you know, but it had to happen. I roll badly and that's the consequence. Well, first, let's start by uh, just doing a quick pivot into spirits. That is not the spirits. Yes, it was. 
Frank? Frank? What are you talking about? That is the Spirits theme song. Did you go bop, bop, Yeah. Yeah. That is not Spirits. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Brandon. Brandon, are you going to tell the two hosts of Spirits what the theme song of Spirits is? I listen to that song is? every week, Brandon. I know. I literally just wrote the, like, remixed it. That's not the Spirits thing. That's Aladdin, my dudes. It's late. That's the melody. Later one jump on ahead the of the bread line. Brandon, one jump. Uh, da, 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 da. I, I don't Brandon, disagree with you, Brandon, but that's also the theme for spirits. Brandon, just because you've been Disney pilled doesn't mean that that's not the theme. <laughs> that's not the melody. That's like the transition music of from in spirits no. when they go from like the early thing to the episode, okay. or from the episode to the mid roll. Oh, Julia, it, this is a Shazam situation. Let's let Brandon live in his fantasy. That's it's fine. Okay. No, the problem is now that Brandon has said that, I can't unhear that the through line is basically the same. Right, but then it transitions further, and then it goes. You guys are, are are like combining it with Aladdin. Maybe. Who can say? I, have, <laughs> I haven't watched Aladdin since I was five, so I, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> but I, it's a good thing you've spoiled my other show's theme song for me because it's being replaced very soon. <laughs> Brandon, what are we going to do when we don't have the... That's not it! <laughs> Brandon, are you what well actually the two hosts of the show about what their theme song is? Yes, I am. All right. Dang. Bull move. All right. So what? Now that we did that, whatever. I guess I blacked out, and I guess I'm on the <laughs> ground, and you guys are looking at me. What? What? Can you explain what is an alicanto and what is a kelpie, please? Sure. So a kelpie is basically a water spirit horse that is from uh, Scottish mythology. They are typically malevolent. They can sometimes transform into human form as well. Usually, the horse form is the form they constantly take and they will try to get usually children to ride them but their skin is magically sticky so if you go to pet it or get on its back you can't get off and then it brings you into the water and drowns you drowns you to your death sticky crocodile Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's right brandon is there another animal that you could compare like a like a like a no, it's just crocodile. Sticky hippo. <laughs> like a That's sticky true. alligator. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, I like I like the sticky horse and sweet Conway being that. Can they talk or do they choose not to? I don't think so. I really don't think That's so. Fair. And I think that they've just kind of gotten away with like a bunch of animal people being like in tune to what they have to say. Sure. Like Jenny. Like, come on. Jenny's a horse girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> with two ends and two oh, eyes. Yeah. Jenny's yeah. a horse girl. 100%. 100%. So, and that I got puts to... hearts over both those eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the Alicanto is from Chilean folklore and is basically like this beautiful bird that it like lights up the sky at night. It has sort of a metallic color to it, either like gold or silver or bronze. And that color is based on the type of metal that they eat. And then basically like if they are eating a bunch of gold or whatever, they get too heavy and they can't fly oh, no. so until funny. they basically either 
spit up or digest the metal that they've eaten, and they're very funny and very cute. Honestly, relatable, really. Alicanto is the most relatable cryptid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, no, so cute. Nothing is funnier than like a bird that ate too much and now it can't fly. <laughs> it's truly a delight. I'm just attracted to that, which is why I wanted to put it in. And those were like the little clues I was dropping that like all the metal stuff and the candy with the gold wrappers on it. Ah, oh, that's why the candy. Okay. Oh, hey. I didn't put two and two together. That's okay. Yes. Well, you you guys rolled. Y'all only rolled like middling on on your searching for stuff rolls. So that's why I was like, yeah, the locks are gone, candy's gone, jewelry and coins and money are gone. So anything that looked metallic, but of course, like the Alicante was running around and still eating stuff because it didn't get a ton of food until it ate the salt. What did I say? The solid gold head of their their grandpappy. I wanted to put as many monsters as possible into one mystery. Just so you, none of you would necessarily know what it was unless right. you rolled super well. Um, and I think that, that reveal of like a little bird coming out and eating, and eating some stuff was really fun. And then the chaos that kind of like exploded from it. And then we got the reveal of my favorite NPC voice of all time, you as a bird. So it good. was very good. It was very good. I know. Brandon just wants me to just do birds Did all the time. Did you a couple now. more bird sounds, Eric, please? Well, well, if it's a, well, an alcanto is pretty much just like a chicken that yeah. eats metal. Yeah, yeah. Give, so me, give me a hungry alcanto. So it's just like. <laughs> and then it's like. And then it flies away. It's incredible. I'll just keep doing birds. It's fine. You should play You should play a chicken in a cartoon or something. I would, I'll just keep doing this, man. You can you I'll, can come for I'll Alan Tudyk's career and just play chickens in a bunch of different <laughs> cartoons. Yeah, that's fine. I don't listen. Don't make me move to LA. I'm just gonna do it here. All right. It's fine. <laughs> in the pie chart of our Kickstarter for the Join the Party colon the animated series colon brought to you by Kickstarter, at least two hundred thousand oh, no, dollars. We got sponsored by Kickstarter. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, at no. least a, at least a fifth of it is earmarked for uh, for chicken foley. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Makes yeah, sense. I'm Makes getting that, I'm getting the money. It's in my contract. <laughs> exactly. Well, let me run into the kitchen for some imitation chicken wings otherwise it would be you know kind of rude then the alicante Uh, would be upset yeah uh and i'll be right back thanks manda thanks manda okay bye hey it's eric I have definitely said this one before, but I'm going to say it again. Soft serve ice cream cones are the only good thing about the summer. It's sweet. You can't get it at home. It is so hot right now that, like, I can't even think of a thing to say. So just, like, go get an ice cream cone. Go get a soft serve ice cream cone right now. Get it with chocolate sprinkles. Get it with chocolate dip. Get it with... The uh, swirl of two flavors you wouldn't expect, but those are the two other flavors other than chocolate and vanilla. It's like black cherry and lemon. I'm sure that's actually good. Go get a soft serve ice cream cone, please. Welcome to the mid-roll. It's so hot. (laughs) First and foremost, hello to our newest patrons, JWX, Madeline, Gigi, and the cheekiest little guts. We are so excited that all of you are a part of our Patreon family, and we hope that you're liking the new tiers that we've had going for a little while. I want to give a special shout out to the $10 tier, which gives you video versions of party planning and audio versions of party planning and ad-free episodes. You get so much for just the cost of two 
expensive Starbucks drinks a month. So pretty good for all of that good content. And of course, you join the nicest place on the internet, the Join the Party Discord. You got to be a part of it. Patreon.com slash Join the Party Pod. Hey, did you know that we stream on Twitch every single week? JTP SideQuests is where we, the Join the Party hosts, and sometimes our friends build side quests based on audience prompts. Watch us as we take suggestions to build settings, items, plot hooks, everything you need to inspire a new side quest or maybe even a whole campaign on your own. Uh, did we mention that there's interactive visuals that we add to as we go? As I'm just throwing shit on Canva and it is totally it is totally wild if you are a part of our Patreon and you're seeing what we're putting on the Discord or what we tweet out on Friday mornings from what we've made from the streams, you know that it's totally out of bounds. We're streaming every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, so come join us at twitch.tv slash JTP SideQuests. It is a wonderful day to check out another show in the Multitude Collective. I think you're going to love Head, Heart, Gut. If you wish you had more Multitude shows to catch up on, good news. We have a weekly debate show featuring all of the hosts on Multitude called Head, Heart, Gut. Every month, we take an iconic set of three items from pop culture or the world we live in, and we pit them against each other. In the first three weeks, each of our contestants will present their choice, answering the questions on our definitive survey of greatness. And in week four, each contestant participates in a formal debate with a judge. We have decided which is the best fruit, which is the best movie sequel, what's the best thing to do at a theme park, and much, much more. There are years worth of arguments between the multitude hosts for you to cover, so there are years, supposedly, of podcast episodes for you to check out. Head Heart Gut is exclusive for members of the Multicrew, our membership program that supports all of Multitude. But if you want a preview of the show, you can search for Head Heart Gut in your podcast app for the sample episodes where you can listen to eight episodes for free. In your podcast app, search for Head Heart Gut and you'll see the Head Heart Gut sample episodes and check out what the Multicrew has been loving for years. We are sponsored today by Inked Gaming. Everyone has a go-to shop where they get their mouse pads, play mats, dice bags, and other essential gaming goods. Inked Gaming is a wonderful company to keep in mind when you do that. They are a one-stop shop built by and for people who love games. One very cool thing they do is that they make custom products that you can personalize with unique designs. So if you're looking for a gift for your game night crew, your GM, your friend, or just want a way to make your own gaming setup a little bit cooler, you gotta check them out. How many shopping days is it till Christmas? I don't know, five? Time doesn't mean anything anymore. It could be five. You gotta check them out. And just to sweeten this deal for Join the Party listeners, you can get 10% off only with a special discount code that Inked Gaming made for us. Go to inkedgaming.com slash join the party and use the promo code join the party at checkout. That is inkedgaming.com slash join the party and use promo code join the party at checkout for 10% off. We are also sponsored this week by sweating. Sorry, dogs. And now a word from our sponsor. It's so hot in here. Okay. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. 
you need air conditioning to take care of your body, right? If you were outside in the heat for that long and if the real feel is like 105 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like 75 degrees Celsius, it's going to be a bad time for you. So you need air conditioning. But think about air conditioning for your mind, you know? Air conditioning is also kind of interesting because you think of this as a luxury, right? Oh, I have to spend all this money so my room is cool, right? But really, you need it so that you can be a functioning human being. I know we've all been in a hot room trying to fall asleep, and we just wish that we had an air conditioner to make everything better. That's kind of how some people see therapy. That therapy is just this extra thing that we do to make things better, but I don't have the money for it. But really, it's something you really need to make sure that your brain is working at tip-top shape. How we take care of our minds affects how we experience life, so it's important to invest time and care into air conditioning and therapy. One way to access therapy is through BetterHelp. They can set you up with a therapist, you can do it by phone, video, or even live chat, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours and switch to a new one for free if you need to. Check out BetterHelp, and our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash join the party. That's betterhelp.com slash join the party. And now, back to the after party. We are back to talk all about... Oh, no. It was a long con. You scared me. I was afraid. I got scared. Oh, are you okay? Shh. <laughs> As we know, we've never seen a scared horse and Amanda in the same room together. <laughs> <laughs> clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. Speaking of scared creatures, uh, the fuck is this frog, Eric? That was my main question for, uh, for episode six, the new cabin one. Uh, listen, man, I don't know. Though I do have some, I do have a fun game that we can play really quickly. Oh, really? It's called Tell Me These Facts. Oh, God. I have more frogs facts for you, and you need to tell me if this is a fact about a frog or actor David Boreanaz. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, baby. I think I'm going to do very well at this game. This is a real Eric's liver joint. Okay, let's go. The liver of a blank contains three lobes, which helps secrete its digestive juices called bile. That's David Boreanaz, baby. Yeah, I also think that might be David Boreanaz. I'm going to go with a frog on this one. No, that one is a frog. Amanda, oh, Amanda gets that nailed point. Nailed it. The point. Humans produce bile, too? I don't know about this. I don't know if it has three nodes, though. Uh, was it a frog or David Boreanaz, who is ranked number 21 in TV Guide's list of TV's 25 greatest teen idols from January 2005? Mm, okay. That's a frog. Okay. 100%. Gotta be a frog. Yeah. Gotta frog. be a frog. Yeah, uh, it was Sarah Michelle Geller who's actually 50% frog. There oh. we go. That makes sense. So that was frog. No, that was for David Boreanaz. <laughs> um, if David Boreanaz or a frog wasn't an actor, he would be an architect. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so great for that frog's career. I know. Such a talented frog. You can really jump high to reach those scaffoldings. <laughs> Right, that's what the architects do. Yeah, that's true. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> that one was that one was David Boreanaz. Uh, um, so is it David Boreanaz or the waxy monkey frog can secrete wax from its neck to moisturize itself? 
Now, I think this one's a trick because you did say wax twice. And I think that David Boreanaz, in order to style his hair, does need a lot of like hair wax. Mm -hmm. So I'm going mm -hmm. David Boreanaz. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. Julia, see, I was thinking of all the prosthesis that he had to wear during Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm. that probably he had to, he had to like stay pretty moisturized to like keep those looking fresh. So, guys, it's a frog. What are you doing? Come on. That's true. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, facts.net, where I'm getting these frog facts from, uh, is not written very well, so they did use the word waxy twice. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the waxy monkey frog, unfortunately. Mm, okay. Uh, okay. I don't amazing. know about that, but all right. I only knew that one because I think you used half of it in the episode or something uh... and then changed facts. So otherwise, I would have thought it was David Boreanaz. Mm, that fair. makes sense. Yeah, that's right. I pivoted really hard. Uh, and finally, was a frog or David Boreanaz discovered while walking his dog? No. Frog. I just, I have, I need the image of like a frog and toad style frog walking a dog. Oh, so cute. Well, I mean, like, what did uh, was the frog not walking the dog, but someone was walking their dog and then discovered the frog? Oh, and then discovered a, a frog. I like that. I'm going to say both. It was actually both. The people have discovered frogs while walking their dog. Nice. But this is, of course, IMDb's trivia about David Boreanaz. So this was not a very good well <laughs> sentence. So that's just the sentence. The sentence on this is, was discovered while walking his dog. Incredible. <laughs> Amanda, in your imagery of like a, a toad or a frog walking a dog, I'm picturing instead of a dog, one of those fuzzy caterpillars. Oh. oh so cute. I want to live in that world. I love that. Yeah. I want to live in this new cabin. This sounds tight as fuck. Eric, was <laughs> there was there like an earmarked, you know, someone had a rich parent who bought them a new cabin when you went to camp? Yeah, I have no idea why this happened, but like I think it was the 11 that either the 10 or the 11-year-old girl's cabin was this super nice new cabin that had two cabins inside of it and it was huge and it, they had remade it they had knocked down these two other cabins and then just remade it and it was beautiful and new and i remember when i was in camp the girls who were in my age group lived in that cabin and i was like why i'm like why and i, I still <laughs> i'm not sure why that is but I, I pulled this from my own experience it was so strange it's a awesome. real uh nyu dorm situation <laughs> yeah 100 percent. it's like only one dorm like one half of one dorm is nice because david geffen <laughs> lived, yeah, lived there in 2004 yeah, yeah you try to get a hookup at gramercy because uh you lived in Brittany and you had no air conditioning yes exactly <laughs> I loved this episode so much. I just loved Eric, you role playing these kids playing poker. I just, whenever I have a bad day, I'm going to sink back into that scene. This is just, I have no notes. It's so good. <laughs> I, I will say that this, I am going to give 100% inspiration to Brandon because either on an after party or during a stream, Brandon said, No one ever liked Milo. Uh, he never had anyone who ever had a crush on him. So then I said, okay, well, then everyone will have a crush on Les. And he said, okay, and then promptly forgot Yay! what we were talking about. I think Brandon also said, if Eric won't give any of our characters love interest, we'll have to love interest ourselves. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That's just you should. That's just a good motto, motto for life, Julie. You should cross stitch that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty I'll good. Have to think about if it. If you don't have a love interest, you must love interest yourself. <laughs> Speaking of these charismatic uh, and like ahead of their age young women, Katie May Amber would like to know, was Brenda, the deep voiced flycatcher camper, a Gravity Falls reference to Gwenda? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. I love, we love it. Brenda. A five foot eight tall 
young woman who's 12 years old who has a deep voice is the funniest thing ever. I'm she sorry. She hit puberty it's hard and I feel that for her. It was, so it was really funny. I love I Brenda. Love I love them so much. But yes, that was 100% a Grenda reference. That's amazing. And back in the CIT cabin, which I love, like in my mind, the CIT cabin has been such a part of our lore for months because we're a few episodes ahead as, you know, just in in playing time Mm -hmm. that it was so special. It was like, it was like watching people come up with a nickname for the first time or something like re-listening to us come up with the CIT cabin. Dougie Juice, though, really representing there for people who grew too fast and whose joints hurt. Uh, I really appreciate that. Can't relate, but all right. <laughs> Someone asked if Dougie Juice was a monster. I'm like, yeah, if being a rich kid is makes you a fucking monster. It does. The GM. does. Real. Yeah. But wasn't Dougie Ju- Dougie Juice was the one that we in the World Blade episode that said grew like six inches overnight or something, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. I still I still like that he was yelling. He was yelling at you the whole time. This is like <laughs> You know, there's always someone who's just, like, somehow sleeping at all times, even when they have stuff to do. And you're like, hey, Dougie, we got to do this. And it's like, oh, <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I actually don't have to do this. And then just, like, goes to sleep and no one ever asks about it. <laughs> you're like, Dougie, D- Dougie, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Dougie's on the exact opposite end of the spectrum from Carrie Ann. How uh, Carrie Ann always needs to be doing. Someone is going to know that Carrie Ann isn't doing something at all times. Mm-hmm. While Dougie is just, like, tall and sleeping. Which is why I thought it was so adorable when Phoebe suggested he might have a crush on Carrie Ann, who's feeling very left out of this whole crushing phenomenon, because I can totally (laughs) see her like intensifying their rivalry in the cabin. I'd be like, this is how you express affection, right? (laughs) Yep. Yep. As they say. Dominate others at being a a counselor training. Yes. Yes. Show excellence in your profession and all of the people will come running to your yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read that book. It was called it was called Not the Pickup Artist <laughs> by Not a <laughs> Mystery. My favorite thing of this episode was at the very end in the recording session, we were sort of like wrapping up and we were trying to find a, a fun button and Eric gave a good one and then Amanda was like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 shut up. <laughs> I got <laughs> one. And then delivered that now infamous, famous bat last line. Uh, and it was it it killed me. It killed us. It was very that good. frog better have a crush on me. <laughs> <laughs> that was this episode, right? Or was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. this yeah. is this one. There is so much unsolved. Why is there an under the cabin? What the fuck is this frog? What's going to happen? I love this cliffhanger after party placement. Hell yeah. We're obviously going to see how this mystery resolves in, uh, in next week's episode. But Eric, is there anything that you want to share about your inspiration or the questions or the you know stuff you had in mind when putting together this mystery? No, I just thought it was really funny. (laughs) I don't know. I was watching a lot of the Owl House, and this was Frederick the Frog was like an extension of Hootie the Owl, Mm -hmm. who's like, I like the idea of there being a house demon or like a a ward of the new cabin itself and or whatever was underneath this new cabin. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was funny, but I thought that having like a more like upstanding butler kind of thing with Frederick the Frog instead of the chaos agent that is Hootie, the, the stupid owl. Um, <laughs> and having like a real frog too instead of like a tube demon as Hootie yeah. is. I just thought that was funny. And I like the idea of like Frederick being able to manipulate the cabin itself by just like kind of stepping out of a hole that he kind of just like generated. I thought it was really prescient that you would make the WB frog a demon in light of the HBO Max news 
with oh, with geez. Warner. God, that was like I had to walk twenty miles to get there. <laughs> Friday, every Brandon. word, every word jumped forward space. <laughs> yeah, we went from being uh, this frog started out by being the WB, and then it was the CW, and then it was acquired by HBO. Yep. Yeah, yep. briefly it was Freeform minus. It was... That was a real swing. <laughs> it was Freeform question mark. It was yeah. Frederick and Fred, then F plus. <laughs> yeah. No. no, it's just F, and like nobody thought about how that would seem in the press releases. <laughs> All right, much more information to come about the new cabin in episode seven, of course. But in the meantime, let's get to some questions about the game and our characters and the podcast, shall we? Yes, yeah. please. Let's do it. From a wild squirtle. Is there a fact you can share with us about your characters that will not be revealed during playtime, like their favorite slushy flavor or something like that? This is a great question that I feel like I don't have the answer to because I feel like a lot of the things that I know about any of my characters is like revealed through gameplay. Like Mm -hmm. Eric asks me a question and then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, well, you know, Phoebe's favorite flavor is raspberry, so... Yeah, I agree with Julia that, like, I don't expect all of you to know all of this stuff, but we can definitely answer this when we're doing the full wrap-up of everything. We're calling our shot. A wild squirtle. We're going to answer this question in six months. Uh, yeah, let's say, let's say like, three and a half to four months. <laughs> sure. Shoot your shot. All right. Shoot it. From Shotting. Mel 118, how tall are each of the best friends? We know Les is a good 6'10", right? Is that, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's like 6'1", 6'2". Yeah, I think I fluctuated a couple times with how tall I said Phoebe was. I think she's somewhere between 5'6 and 5'8", which is very tall for like a young girl. I picture yeah. her like very gangly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Carrie Ann is a, is a pretty, you know, pretty average, like, Five three, five four, and we'll grow maybe like a couple more inches in high school. But she is, uh, she's sturdy. She's squat and sturdy. <laughs> you gotta be if you're gonna lead camp. You gotta be sturdy. How about NPCs, Eric? Any any cannons for their heights? Yeah, um, Dougie Juice is canonically one inch shorter, or one and a half an inch shorter than Les. <laughs> ADZ is definitely like six eight. This is incredible. Boo is a gentleman's three feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> a short king. A short, uh, a short, a short king. king, possibly going to get going truly to get a short prince. Let's be honest. <laughs> short prince. Frederick is two feet. Is like two feet tall, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like the size of the cats in the in the terrible uh, animated musical cats. Yes, right. The the yeah. the the single thing that happened to <laughs> that really bring the Julia's pandemic world. on. I can't to believe us. you had to <laughs> remind me that that movie exists. <laughs> uncanny, an un the uncanny is tight. The top yeah. hat though adds another foot. To Frederick. <laughs> no, Frederick doesn't have Brandon. I'm not having one of my NPCs go. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello. No, my darling. that's not. No, uh, that's oh, not what it is. God. That is X card. X card. Thank you. <laughs> President Nethra wants to know what level of roasted do the gang like their marshmallows, and are they fans of s'mores? Oh, what a good question. Great question. I think Carrie Ann has a s'more ritualistically every night at camp, um, and oh, she likes sure. it. Um, gooey but not toasted looking so like even before it gets like a golden hue but just heated up enough to squish mm. i don't know of any people that don't like s'mores personally but if you don't like s'mores that's totally fine but of course les loves s'mores he just shoves the whole marshmallow in the blue part of the flame and just like oh yeah it's oh, almost sure. carbon at the point he takes yeah, it out yeah. 
Does Les Halls then take it out and somehow like pulls out like a chisel and like, gets all the carbon <laughs> off? So then it's like it's like unshucked, and then that's the perfect that's the perfect thing to put on a s'more. Yes, I love that. Okay, so Phoebe's is the same as mine, which is very slowly toasting to golden brown, and then rather than removing the whole marshmallow off of the stick removing just the like golden skin off of it and then repeating the process until you're down to like the last nub of the marshmallow how do you do that i love that i have a sense memory of watching julia eat marshmallows this way that i had totally forgotten i I can't picture how you do it you just like well so when you do it enough the inside of the marshmallow gets super melty right right so when you you, if you very gently just you like just pinch it. that and then yeah. slowly pull it off, the remainder of the marshmallow is still there and you just have the skin. And then you just keep cooking the outside until You're like, it's cooked all the way mind, through. You're blowing my mind, Julia. Yeah. All right. When we get a thousand patrons, we're going to get a video of Julia <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Mukbang, please, Julia. <laughs> You're doing a mukbang of s'mores? I'll do oh, it. God. I just got a fire pit. We can make this happen. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. B. Griff wants to know, is Carrie Ann actually short for Carrie-Anada? <laughs> right, because we were calling you Canada. I forgot. That's really good. I, okay, I, I realized that, like, as I was editing, that we had already been calling Phoebe Phoebes, and so it was, like, a silly thing that I was going to cut because it was didn't make any sense. But then I realized that I panicked when trying to give Carrie-Ann a nickname and was like, uh, Canada? <laughs> <laughs> When I, when I was reading seen. this, I thought it was Carrie Amanda, Carrie Anda, like Carrie Amanda. Yes. Same. So I, I'm confused. So hmm. that makes more sense. Love it. I was growing up at just the wrong time to be named Amanda because people would, would scream the theme song to the Amanda show at me. Amanda, um, Amanda, 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 Amanda yeah. show. No, Julia, it goes <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> One jump ahead of Amanda. It's time for the Spirits Podcast. <laughs> do, 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 do. Paul would like to know, players, do you or your characters have any thoughts on Steven saying one of the CITs will betray the others yeah. on your first day? Yeah, yeah I, I have a few. I have a few thoughts about that. <laughs> yeah, Paul, that thought hasn't left my mind for the four months we've been playing this game. Can confirm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah! <laughs> All right. <laughs> on to some podcast Whoops. Oops. questions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this one is sweet. Lopsided Halfling, Danny, wants to know, is there anything that you've learned as a player or a DM that you would bring over into a long form or traditional D&D campaign? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I learned how to roll better. Does that count? Hey, man, that rocks. <laughs> I learned the wisdom in rolling less good. I actually, I'm really going to miss the Mark Experience mechanic in Powered by the Apocalypse. Yeah. I think it is so liberating it's like a philosophy i fully tried to like bring into my life i i really love it and i love that it gives some upside and that i can in some cases choose the consequence so that i think is really good and i think i'll be a little more open to kind of suggesting or sort of even leaning into the ways that you know it's interesting for plot and character development when roles go bad sometimes yeah yeah there's something about like not rolling against something, but rolling the same all the time. And then it's like, well, it's like six or less, seven to nine, ten plus, no matter what. Mm, right? right? Like in D&D, you're always trying to come up with a new number you're rolling against. And then it's always success or failure against that number, mm-hmm. which kind of takes out all of the nuance 
that you can give with a middling success or the real success that you get from getting a 10 plus or even a 12 if you mm-hmm. super crit that like you really it's not just like I do this really well it's like I get a lot yeah so I've been really trying to figure that out and how to apply that more if we return to D&D um, the other thing which I've been doing before but I think just feels even more reinforced for me when someone does a perception or investigation checks having them ask questions of what they want and maybe I'm going to do that even before being like what are you looking for here tell me what you're looking for and then you roll yeah in the way that like the sharp rolls have a set list of questions Mm -hmm. which are like you can ask these questions so I would really love to get two questions instead of one and I think that that asking what are you looking for before you roll a d20 I think should help flesh out perception and investigation rolls Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah i had the same thoughts about the dice roll so there's also a thing about like i'm thinking more about monsters too and like build when i build them and giving them powers and giving them like moves instead of like things that are a little more tangible i think is something that we we touched on in the cool cryptid compendium Mm -hmm. is like you give them abilities not necessarily like ice beam you know right. what I mean? You give them behaviors, mm-hmm. which I think is really important and something that I've been learning as I've been putting uh, monsters together. Yeah. Abilities, not moves. I think yeah. that's yeah. what we talked about when we were putting it together. Yeah. Exa- yeah. Exactly. It's... Strengths, weaknesses, and then like behaviors and tendencies. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense. And it, you know, we are truly kind of intersecting with the lives of other creatures and not sort of main characters, you know, that are being acted against by an outside force. Like it, it just it feels so much truer to life and so much more natural to be like, yeah, we're we're all in an ecosystem and this is the behavior of the Alicanto and like this is how it intersects with the camp. And I'm loving it. So good. We have a great Carrie-Ann's Camp Cool Cryptid Compendium. TM. Compliance conduct something like that copyright you got copyrighted okay so when i was 13 come on this journey with me when i was 13 i had a hot pink marble notebook where i had just finished my first year of middle school in our in our school we had two years to do and then went to high school Mm. and my uh my little cousin was about to start middle school the next year and so i wrote the mams declassified middle school survival guide that's um, so cute amanda 30 handwritten pages and like different colors of pen with like a hand done table of contents all about like how to open your locker and like best routes to your different classes and like what meals in the in the cafeteria were the best i've always been my own personality Um, and (laughs) that's true so i i am just imagining you know carrie ann's kind of uh, alphabetical notebook of sort of camp notes including by the way i haven't forgotten about the teeth of the field well we'll see (laughs) People were really freaked out by the teeth in the field, huh? I just thought it was a weird thing to do. Come on, come on. Eric, you succeeded. It is so weird and disturbing. And I would love to publish that. That would be so fun. That is so sweet, Amanda. That is the (laughs) nicest thing that anyone has ever done for anyone ever. Well, Brandon, I was too shy to (laughs) give it to him. Wow. So it it more just lived in my... And I think I still have it somewhere. I was like, this is a thing worth saving. This is an artifact worth saving. Oh, I love that. We're gonna have to have an auction for someone to bid uh, on that. I saw my Neopet zine hanging up on the uh, on the bulletin board. <laughs> we could auction that off. Yeah, we should auction that off too. There's something that I've also learned from Monster of the Week, which I think I'm learning from Les's playbook. He's like, there's a lot of gaps in between about things you can't like that aren't moves, and then you just gotta like fucking do it. Like when Les is researching something, like there's no move for that necessarily. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just gotta like figure that out. And uh, I wonder that's something that like. 
you gotta learn, use what mechanics you have to give the people what they're trying to do. You know, it's like, like, should I give you a research move or is it just like vibes at this point? Vibes, man. Just vibes. vibes. Okay. Now, from now on, canonically, Les's uh, book is no longer the Book of the Damned. It's Carrie Ann's complete compendium to camp. <laughs> Copyright. And it's just what a man. I'm glad I've been prompting you so many times that you can say stuff and you're like, here's the C's of things that I've become. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, this mm-hmm. this is a real Brandon question, and you can't you can't pun your way out of this one, but uh Terza wants to know how do you feel about playing the cool sexy character for once? Remember, this is the words of a listener, not of me. <laughs> I feel Cool, calm, collected. <laughs> oh boy. Fuck you. Copy Julia. <laughs> TJ would like to know, Julia, why do I feel like this episode wasn't the first time you blackmailed 11-year-olds into telling you something? <laughs> uh, so fun fact, it probably is because I am one and only child and two, all of my cousins are, like, are the same age as me, basically. Mm. So I did not spend a lot of time around children. There was one summer that actually i don't think we ever talked about this there was one summer where i was a counselor for a like aerospace camp oh fun what yeah no i i completely forgot about it in the context of this show until just now and i was not very good at making those children listen to me sure because i had just graduated high school and i didn't have an air of authority yet so uh, I guess this is me going back to my 18-year-old self, grabbing <laughs> her by the face and being like, you can convince children to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Michelle Spurgeon, the question surgeon, would like to know, Eric, how difficult is it to come up with the premonitions for Phoebe? <laughs> how difficult is it, Eric? No. Well, let me, let me ask you first. Uh, how's that going? Do you like having premonitions? Me as a player, I love it. It stresses Phoebe the fuck out. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Julia, can you read the move yeah, again? Because like, I think we've only hit on certain successes or certain types of roles that you've right. done. So I want you to read it out again. So at the start of each mystery, roll plus weird. On a 10 plus, you get a detailed vision of something bad that is yet to happen. You take plus one forward to prevent it from coming true and mark experience if you stop it. On a seven to nine, you get clouded images of something bad that is yet to happen. Mark experience if you stop it. On a miss, you get a vision of something bad happening to you and the keeper holds three to be spent one for one as penalties to the rolls you make. (laughs) it's so it's funny even i'm glad you read this out because i'm like man maybe i'm fucking with phoebe too much but no the entire move is me fucking with you regardless of how you roll Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know i really wasn't ready for two of my characters having beginning of mystery stuff but i think i'm finally figuring it out a lot of months of running a monster of the week game is like have a good idea right now (laughs) so it's so it's hard a little bit but as long as you take some time to come up with something interesting, it, it always pays off. Hell yeah. Eric, what is D&D for you? Because it's all just good ideas that you come up with. <laughs> d is a lot more prep, right? It's like the, the mechanics and the way that things work is like, Monster of the Week is a lot more improv. 
It's like, mm. yeah, come up with some ideas, but you're just going to have to play on the spot. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I got to come up with something significant that is storytelling worthy and also fits within the cosmology or the, in the threads that I've started doing. And that's hard. So with D&D, I can prep a lot more stuff and being like, hey, I'm going to fight this guy. It's like, all right, well, this guy probably has 10 HP and he probably has a plus two to attack and he has a sword, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's it's like I have more established numbers to pull from, but that also makes it a lot more grindy as D&D is. And then when you don't use it, you really are out on your out on a limb. Mm. But Monster of the Week is like, yeah, man, just vibes like whatever you want. Like, just do it. I love that this is the summer of vibes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. It's like, yeah, well, like do something fun. Say something interesting. It's like. Okay, I guess I'm gonna have to say something interesting. And it's I, I also think that a lot of these games were not made with them being recorded in mind. It's just like, yeah, say to your friends something funny that would freak them out. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm sure no one's gonna call me on it later. <laughs> or no one's, it doesn't have to be significant later. Monster of the Week is 95% have a good idea, 5% prep. Well, I, I can assure everybody out there, we've recorded, what, 10 or 12 episodes so far? And mm. it's all hot fire, people. It's all it's all up from here. Woo. Yeah. It's really weird seeing these, like, I feel like they're jumping in quality as I'm getting more experience. Like, The Stolen was my third session of Monster mm-hmm. of the Week I've ever ran. So I'm like, hope that was good. And then I'm like, <laughs> hope it's good. And then yes. now I feel like I'm getting more, I'm feeling like I, I'm having more experience, which is nice. All right, folks, a final question before we get into spoily corner from Rickyana. If you could be an inconspicuous monster pretending to be human, what kind of monster would you be? Nessie. So immediate. Wow. How would you pretend to be human and stay inconspicuous? Trench coat. Oh. Okay. Okay. No further questions, Your Honor. Hey, everyone come hang out in my house. It's a lake. Also, I can't leave. It's a lock, you asshole. Wow. Uh, wow. Oh, hey, I don't know any Scottish people. You're fucking Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> this was a trap. I'm NYPD. <laughs> Creepy edition. Um, I'd be uh, Bigfoot because I'm just a hairy guy. <laughs> you like get the woods? slimming shoes. Yeah, I get yeah, I get shoes that make me look like my feet are five sizes <laughs> smaller. Yeah, Julia, I would be a biblically accurate angel. Very Dear good. God, how do you cover that up? <laughs> uh, people look at me and then they forget what I look like because I'm a biblically accurate angel. <laughs> <laughs> Be not afraid, dudes. <laughs> be not afraid, my guys. My Come out of my kids. house. It's a cloud. <laughs> The vibe is uh, a doom. Scary. Everyone's like, that feels right. Yeah. My father, my son, and my Holy Spirit are all there. They're making a pizza roll. Uh, actually, they're all out of town, which is why we can party. <laughs> they're on a work trip. Oh, are you saying you're saying <laughs> that the home three by myself? You're saying that the three men you admire most, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, took a trip up the coast. <laughs> And you know what? Uh, there's no more music now. Weird. Yeah, then the big bopper died, and it was a fucking bummer. <laughs> I want you guys to picture me as an eight year old who knew every word to that song and would ask my dad things like, What's Vietnam? Yeah. <laughs> I still know all the words to that. We me sang too. that. We sang yeah. that a lot on camping trips oh, when really? we were canoeing. Singing was a way to pass Aww. the time. Can we just confirm that that's going to be played at your wedding real quick? 
Julia, it's like nine American long. Pie? No. Yeah, no way. No way. <laughs> no. It's not a bop. It's not a bop. I always thought the Weird Al version was the original. <laughs> I was kidding. Oh, my God. That's oh the fucking God, Star Wars-iest big fucking nerd thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I realized it wasn't until the Friends episode where they, they sing it. Oh, my God. That, I mean, if you don't hear it, you're like, why is there a nine a nine minute sh- song about one moment in the seventies? Exactly, amazing. Uh, I think I would be a, a sort of literal bookworm, and any time my friends turn their backs on me, I would just be like shoving paper in my mouth, and then they turn around, and I'm like, what? We what? need to play Monster Hearts, guys. Like this is Monster Hearts. This is literally Monster Hearts. Can we do amazing. a one shot of Monster Hearts maybe after this campaign or something? Sure. Sounds yeah. fun. We could do all we could do all of the the school that all of you guys go to and you're playing different monsters and the, the PCs are, are NPCs then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this isn't this is only Christian culture, but Christmas cryptids. Christmas cryptids. But then why are you in school? That's a good uh, point. It's, it's, it's like the equivalent <laughs> of summer school, but I don't know. Fuck. Maybe the British Maybe they're in Australia, in it. In it, it's not anything. All right, folks, for our for our sakes leave. and everyone else's, let's move into spoily corner, shall right. we? Before we go, I do want to say I had the urge to play the wrestling RPG again. I really want to play it. I don't know if Brandon and Amanda, if you're in on doing that, but like it seems really interesting and fun. I mean, I'm always down to play. I just have nothing. I know nothing about wrestling. No context at all. Yeah, I feel like you that need the. Fun. I feel like you need the context though, like for yeah. everyone, like for people to enjoy it too. I don't the know. World we grew up in wrestling. the '90s. I feel like we know a lot about WWE. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I get the urge to play it once in a while, but then I'm like, you got to know why it's happening a little bit <laughs> for to enjoy it at all. So I don't know. I just I just thought of that. I thought of that the other day. I wanted to share. Nice. All right, folks, let's move into Spoily Corner. Here we go. Paul says, so this monster is totally a brownie or some other cleaning spirit, right? Who can say? Who can say, Who Paul? can say? KZ, three kobolds in a trench coat, wants to know, guys, is this the return of Chad the Human? Who can say? <laughs> Dominique Wiki, Jim underneath the cabin and mechanical sea monster are part of an underground training academy, question mark? Ooh, who can say? Who can Lyle, say? Lyle, Tinkerbell of computers. Very good, Lyle. Uh, <laughs> hey, Eric, what's at the top of nature, and why is it mushrooms? <laughs> did we answer that? It's a moose. Guy, yeah. did, we, did we answer that already? Yeah. The spirit literally says, yeah, Phoebe, it's a moose. <laughs> yeah, at least the spirit has confirmed it. Whether yeah. or not you believe it is another thing. That's true. Yeah. A lot of people asked if it was mushrooms. I'm like, yeah, here's what I'm going to do. Do the same shit I did in the last <laughs> campaign. <laughs> Surprise, bitches. Surprise, it's all the same. I hate mushrooms, and that's why I keep putting it in my story. We're in LTC, but right before the the invention of diaphragm. Ooh. Ooh. We are in a timeless period. That could be the case, Branson. That's true. That's true. In the last episode of the of Join the Party ever, we see it was all a dream. <laughs> the camp is bought by one Dr. Morrow? Mm-hmm. Whoa! And then we zoom out even farther, and Brandon shaking a snow globe yeah, that has yeah, a summer yeah. camp. In. <laughs> I'm shaking a laptop with Pro Tools. <laughs> uh, uh, editing the first episode of Join the Party is Whoa. so hard. My Whoa. computer keeps breaking. <laughs> Michelle Spurgeon asked, "Why is the director who has protocols for spooky stuff not doing more to protect camp in the first place?" Hmm. An excellent question. Who can and say? Then 
a number of great ones from Bernie MPI. Is Ducky Juice an actual monster? Is Conway the swimming hole monster? <laughs> First of all, no, Ducky Juice is just is just rich, and yeah. Conway is not the actual swimming hole monster. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, fine, gotcha, fine. Gotcha. And will somebody please take the watermelon from Boo? Probably nothing will happen, but if there was ever a secret magic item to be had, someone please take it. No. No. Unfortunately, no, that will you never happen. You can't take things from yeah. children. They're yeah. children. Yeah, that's mean, and also it's apparently impossible according to the idiom, so... Oh, wait, that's easy. Taking candy from a baby is easy, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> no. the easy thing to do, Brandon. Hey, Julia, cut that. Julia, cut that. No, I'm leaving your mistakes in. <laughs> hey. Guys, guys, I'm done with this fruit. Can someone take it from me? <laughs> Are you a Help baby? Me. No, I guess I can do it myself. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. I go hang out with my friends, which are not you. Bye. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> okay, bye, Boo. I'm just kidding. We're still friends. Aw, thanks, Boo. I like all of you. I like the tall one and the medium one and the small one, but I'm not telling <laughs> you which one you are. That's literally what we are. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> thanks, Boo. Uh, go, go run off and play now. Don't get into any scrapes. Your mom will kill me. My elbows are scraped. Bye. Oh. <laughs> I jumped into I jumped into a pile of wood chips and there was a cat in it. Oh, <laughs> why? Where, where do you get these things? I love it. They're from my brain. <laughs> Incredible. All right, we better save this juice up for the next episode. So, folks, we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Later. Bye. May your rolls <laughs> turn ever upward. <laughs>